All right. Welcome in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. Lots to talk about. And uh, big news is the uh, NCAA's baseball super regionals coming to town. Texas comes in and plays uh, East Carolina starting Friday at noon. It'll be on ESPN2. Game two is scheduled for Saturday at noon. Third game, if needed, will be announced. And uh, there are obviously eight Super Regionals. Notre Dame's going to be at Tennessee. Louisville at Texas A&M. Oklahoma at Virginia Tech. UConn at Stanford. Arkansas at North Carolina. The uh, Arkansas upset. Who was their uh, Super Regional they were playing in? Anyway, they they ended up upsetting the, the Regional they were playing in, not the Super Regional. So North Carolina will get to host. Old Misses at Southern Miss and Auburn at Oregon State. Now, for you East Carolina fans, please take note. This Thursday is the concert on the Common. The Eagles tribute band starts at 6 o'clock. You need to get there early because starting at 5.30 is going to be a pirate pep rally. ECU baseball coach Cliff Godwin will be there as long, uh, as long along with uh, Director of Athletics John Gilbert. So, uh, Get ready to cheer on the Pirates this weekend by showing up at the pep rally that takes place at the Greenville Town Common, the Greenville Toyota Amphitheater, and uh, a a big night with uh, the Eagles tribute band, but uh, it all gets underway at 5.30 with uh, baseball coach Cliff Godwin. I wouldn't be surprised if some of the players there. I I, I don't know that for sure, but that would not surprise me if uh, some players show up as well. So come out and cheer on the Pirates starting Thursday night, and then the game one of the Super Regional gets underway at noon on Friday. Speaking of baseball, as we all know, because it's been shoved down our throats here since uh, June 1st, it's been shoved down our throats since mid-May. June is, quote, Pride Month, and uh, the White House issued a proclamation on uh, May the 31st basically you know you know what it was i mean it's a woke crowd that wrote the proclamation that joe biden signed off on so you can imagine what it said but uh as and you've had all kinds of corporations that are doing the rainbow flag and you know we're all about pride month interestingly i i'm not surprised that uh the tampa ray tampa bay rays did this but the tampa bay baseball team on Saturday, decided they were going to celebrate Pride Month. Amongst other things, they were giving out rainbow flags. Now, I, you know, and I realize there's people out there that are, you know, live and let live. I understand that. But, you know, what is the percentage of the general public that would be included in some form of the Pride Month, the LGBTQAI plus crowd? I mean, I I think you're really being generous if you said 10%. I think you're being generous if you said 5%. And I know they get all kinds of press coverage. I know the media is all about it. I know these woke corporations are all about it. But, I mean, it's it's probably somewhere. I mean, if you you add up all the different labels and numbers and alphabet soup, it's probably somewhere between, at at most, 5% to 10%. At most. Might be a lot less than that. So Tampa Bay decides they're going to have a pride night. 
And amongst other things, they told their baseball players on the Tampa Bay team, you're going to have to wear a special uniform, special cap, special patch, some sort of sunburst thing on there, elevating Pride Month. Interestingly, according to the Tampa Bay Times, there were at least five players, at least five players, that chose not to participate, opting instead to wear their standard uniform. Those players, all pitchers, by the way, included Jason Adams, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Raley, Jeffrey Springs, and Ryan Thompson. Uh, Jason Adams described it as a, quote, faith-based decision. He said, quote, it's a hard decision because ultimately we all said that we want them to know, those people that are identifying as part of the, uh, the, the pride crowd, we want them to know that they're all welcome, they're all loved here. It's just that we don't want to encourage it. We believe in Jesus, who's encouraged us to live a lifestyle that would abstain from that behavior. Just like Jesus encourages me, he said, as a heterosexual male to abstain from sex outside of marriage, it's no different than that. So I'm just trying to live a biblical lifestyle, he is saying. It's not judgmental. It's not looking down. It's just what the lifestyle we believe that Christ wants us to live. Uh, Interestingly, to that ESPN, which we know is woke, ESPN's Sarah Spain this just today slammed these uh, Major League Baseball players who refused to wear the rainbow-colored pride uniforms. Uh, And again, I just told you the five players that we're not going to wear the uniforms. Um, This is not about baseball, she said. That's religious exemption bull BS, which used in sport and otherwise allows people to be denied health care, jobs, apartments, children, prescriptions, all sorts of rights. We have to stop tiptoeing around it because we're trying to protect people who are trying to be bigoted from asking for them to be exempt from it when the very people that are bigoted against are suffering the consequences. Well, who's suffering the consequences here? <laughs> I mean, uh, first of all, I mean, these are, this woke crowd, it's, it's not just live and let live. You know, it used to be, you know, the, the don't ask, don't tell, live and let live. You know, what happens behind our four walls is none of your business. What happens in our bedroom is none of your business. That's, that's, that's ancient history. Now it is, you must capitulate. You must celebrate. I mean, you you talk about you must celebrate. This is exactly it. If you don't put on the pride uniform and get out and celebrate pride month, we're going to come after you. And this is exactly what the Sarah Spain did to these five Tampa Bay baseball players. These are the same people that say, my body, my choice. You keep your hands off me. These are the same people that said, you can't legislate morality. Yeah, but when it comes to this moral choice, the conservative Christian must affirm the liberal bias. They must celebrate. They must capitulate. You better get in line and start celebrating with the woke crowd, or we're going to dox you. We're going to come out. We're going to come after you. By the way, Speaking of sports and the woke crowd, 
The first openly transgender cheerleader. This is out of the New York Post. The NFL now is going to have big moment now. They're going to have their first transgender cheerleader. Actually, he is a member of the dance team. Justine Lindsay, 29 years old. And <laughs> sorry to tell you this, folks. Guess which team Justine is going to be cheering for? Yep, your Carolina Panthers. Can't make it up. Listen, I <laughs> I am not going to uh, necessarily in- endorse the scantily cladded young ladies, women who get out there and cheer for these teams. But um, you know, I-, I suppose there's some women out there that like to celebrate with them and think they've got good dance moves. You know, and I understand that. I understand, you know, the dance team at the, the colleges, the ECU dance team, you know, they can, they, they, they can get out there and make some interesting dance move. I mean, I usually is gyration. That's sort of suggestive, but here, you know, cheerleaders, these scantily chat cladded cheerleaders were there as eye candy for guys and you get a guy out there dressed up as a cheerleader <laughs> i'm sorry your uh food sales are not going to go up at the uh, stadium I, i'm just i'm just saying I I, I I i don't know whose great brainchild this was but um i just don't see it being real popular i, I i'm sorry just just saying I, I just I think that one's going to go down the go down the tubes. By the way, speaking of that subject, um, Louisiana Democrat Governor John Bell Edwards, Democrat governor, although he's been pro-life and been fairly conservative on a lot of issues, he did not veto a bill in Louisiana, so it has become law that bans trans athletes from competing with female teams. Edwards vetoed a similar bill last year, but decided to give up fighting against it this year because of its overwhelming support in the House and the Senate. USA Today reported Louisiana legislature passed the same bill last year by Republican State Senator Beth Mazel, but was unable to overturn uh, Edwards' veto. This year, Edwards let it become law. This is not the only state that's doing this. The report from the New York Times noted that even though the National Collegiate Athletic Association requires a year of hormone-suppressing therapy to bring down testosterone levels in biological males who are trying to compete in women's sports, that the biological males uh, retain a substantial edge when racing against top biological women. I mean, Leah Thomas. What is Leah Thomas's male name? I mean, original name. Leah Thomas is a guy. I mean, and he, he, it's it's a joke that he has a women's swimsuit on. I mean, I mean he is so masculine, and, and he's breaking all kinds of records. And again, you know, I don't know how the liberals want to have it both ways. They want to look at Republicans and say, "Oh, you nasty Republicans! Your war on women." This is this is a blatant attack on women's sports, and yet they act like it's no big deal. Uh, let's go ahead and take a time out, Ben. And uh, there's a story that WITN is reporting on, and you're going to recognize this story because it really uh, 
came to a head about a year ago. It deals with the uh, family of Andrew Brown. He was that uh, young man who up in Elizabeth City was shot and killed by deputies when he was trying to run over those deputies when they were trying to serve a warrant on him, to him. And uh, now there's been a settlement with the family. I, I just am really curious as to why you would settle with a man who tried to run over your deputies with his car. We'll talk, talk about that when we get back. Stay with us. inflation way up going through the roof it's outrageous hold on to your wallet what's coming through your speaker information the latest news and updates or your smart device the conversation right now this is complete insanity it's free there's a lot going on right now we have to understand what that means listen on the tune in radio app and talk 96.3 and 103.7 Welcome back in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. Take a quick look at your weather forecast tonight. Mostly cloudy, a low around 70. A chance of showers tomorrow in the afternoon primarily, a high near 91. Chance of precip is 50% tomorrow and tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's low around 72. Thursday, again, a chance of showers. A little less, though. Only a 30% chance of showers on Thursday and uh, Thursday night. So be, beware. And then Friday, uh, sunshine with a high near 89. So all in all, not too bad. We need the rain. So uh, let it come in tomorrow and uh, get out of the way so that we can enjoy the uh, Eagles tribute band and the pirate pep rally, which gets underway. The town common at 530. Cliff Godwin will be there. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Whether you're looking to spend your summer poolside, courtside, or greenside, Ironwood Golf and Country Club offers a variety of memberships tailored to fit your lifestyle with no initiation fee required. And listen, if you're headed to the beach, don't forget to take your clubs with you because Ironwood members receive reciprocal golf and dining privileges at the Beaufort Club in Beaufort and Compass Point and Magnolia Greens located near Wilmington. For more information, contact membership director Jenna Doyle. Her number is 252-752-4653. Joining the fun at Ironwood today, a part of the Renaissance Golf Group. And again, if you're a member of Ironwood, you're basically a member of those other three courses. So uh, enjoy your summer here in uh, eastern North Carolina with four different golf courses to play. Uh, This is uh, an interesting story. WITN is reporting a nationally known civil rights attorney said the family of Andrew Brown Jr. will be taken care of with a $3 million settlement against Pasquotank County. The family of Brown filed a $30 million civil rights lawsuit last year after Andrew Brown was killed in April of 2021 by Pasquotank County Sheriff's deputies while they were serving drug-related warrants at his Elizabeth City home. The killing captured national attention and sparked protests calling for justice. 
A protest was held as recently as April of this year to mark the one-year anniversary of his death. The county's insurance policy, which provided, uh, which was provided by the North Carolina County's Liability Property Joint Risk Management Agency, will pay the limits of its policy, which is $2 million. The remaining $1 million will be paid by a special appropriation approved by the Pasquotank County Commissioners. I still want to give my sincerest condolences to the Brown family. Sheriff Tommy Wooden uh, said during a Tuesday afternoon news conference in front of the Pasquotank County Courthouse. Now, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, a, a man died. But what I don't get, and if there's a listener up in uh, Elizabeth City, you can call in and give and you know highlight, give me some insight on this. Uh, go back a year ago, reporting in the Police Tribune. Elizabeth City, North Carolina. This is from May 18th, 2021, a year ago, a little over a year ago. The district attorney released body cam video of the deputy-involved fatal shooting of 42-year-old Andrew Brown on Tuesday that showed he rammed his car into a deputy before he was shot. And they showed the video. You remember the video. North Carolina 1st Judicial District Attorney Andrew Womble played four different body cam videos for reporters after he announced that the shooting was, quote, justified and none of the jet deputies who shot Brown would be criminally charged, according to WTVD. Body cam video showed deputies, most of whom were wearing SWAT gear, arrived at Brown's home in the back of a pickup truck to serve a search warrant and two felony arrest warrants for selling drugs to undercover officers shortly before 8.30 on April the 21st. The video showed the deputies jumping out of the truck surrounding Brown's blue sedan, yelling at him to show his hands. Multiple deputies surrounded Brown's vehicle with their weapons drawn, according to the body cam. Uh, body cam. One of the deputies ran up to the driver's door of Brown's vehicle, tried to open the door. That's when Brown threw his car in reverse and turned his wheel, striking the deputy beside the vehicle as he tried to back up. He backed his vehicle up against the house in the back porch, and the video showed deputies once again surrounding his vehicle, telling him to stop. The video showed Brown putting his car into drive, slammed on the gas, driving directly at the deputies. Video showed Brown struck one of the deputies as he tried to flee, but continued to try to escape. Deputies opened fire. Only after, uh, only after Brown had hit the deputy with his car, Brown continued to flee across the lawn toward another parked car that turned out to be an unmarked police vehicle. He lost control of his vehicle, crashed into a tree across the street. Body cam video showed the deputies surrounding Brown's vehicle and ordered him to show me your hands multiple times before they reached in the car and pulled him out. They called for EMS after they realized he had been shot. Why? I, I, I mean, I maybe I'm missing something here. I mean, this story has basically disappeared except for the march they had in, in April. Why, why would you settle a $3 million settlement? I mean, was this a wrongful death? The, the deputies weren't charged. Why would you settle with $3 million with the uh, Andrew Brown family? I, I don't get it. Uh, enlighten me. If somebody knows, 561-8255. You know, Democrats across the nation are known for pampering criminals. And we see it all the time. This guy Gaston out in uh, L.A. County. you got another jackass out there in San Francisco, another one up in New Jersey. And, you know, and we've got, you know, under uh, the former mayor of New York, no, n you know, zero-dollar bail 
even if you're charged with a felony, $0 bail, come on in and uh, we'll arrest you and then we'll let you go the same day. Uh, interestingly, here in North Carolina, and, and we've seen, you know, during the riots, and it doesn't even have to be a riot. They can just get a bunch of people together, go into some high-end jewelry store in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills, bust in the windows, take what they want, and leave. Uh, and you have even in, in all kinds of stories where there are Walgreens and CVSs that have just shut down in certain parts of certain cities because they can't afford the fact that people just walk in, take what they want, walk out without paying for it. North Carolina Senate has unanimously voted yesterday for a bill that increases penalties and charges for organized retail theft. House Bill 1005 passed by a vote of 102 to 0, which would mean a maximum 41-month prison term for those who conspire to steal $50,000 of merchandise or more than a 90-day period. If they steal more than $100,000 worth of goods in a 90-day period, they could face up to 182 months or 15 years in prison. HB 1005, um, thank you. Now, it's, I, I don't know why this is, uh, sh this shouldn't be controversial at all. And basically it is saying, you know, the one thing that it'd be interesting to find out if it's a part of this, because, you know, th th this is, um, this is a, a criminal criminal enterprise. We'll go in and we'll steal stuff. I mean, there was there was one uh, situation in uh, Cabarrus County where a uh, they uh, busted a crime ring. North Carolina law enforcement busted a, a crime ring that recovered literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise. And one, a four hundred thousand dollar bust in Cabarrus County, uncovered stolen baby formula. That's interesting power tools, appliances, diapers, and they're going online to sell all these things. In March, six people from Charlotte were busted for racketeering accused of stealing $250,000 worth of tools from Home Depot. Then they go online and sell. It would be interesting if, if this bill actually includes if you're selling these things online, are we going to hold uh, the people that are selling them online or are we going to sell the online uh services are they going to be held responsible probably not but um good good for the uh, uh, and by the way the house is uh passed this unanimously as well back on june 2nd so i can't i can't imagine that even liberal roy cooper will veto this bill now he might <laughs> i mean but it's unanimously passed the Senate. It's unanimously passed the House. I, I sort of doubt if Roy will veto it. 561-8255. Who did you say we have, uh, Ben? Larry from Jamesville. All right. Larry from Jamesville, who's a former law enforcement officer. Hey, Larry, good to hear from you. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. What do you know about the situation? I know a whole lot. Uh, one of my sons, matter of fact, had to go to Elizabeth City to help protect the people of Elizabeth City. I don't understand this. As a former law enforcement officer, and at one time, myself and all three of my sons served as law enforcement officers. Well, thank you for your service. A car is considered a deadly weapon. He didn't strike one deputy. He struck two deputies. Right. They had legal just course to to do whatever it took to stop the threat. 
Why then would the city of or the well, county of Pasquotank settle with them? I, I don't have a clue because I would have went to court with it. I, I don't understand it because a motor vehicle, a lot of folks don't realize it, but it's a 5,000-pound firearm because it's just as deadly as a gun. Oh, yeah. I mean, thank goodness the deputies had just minor injuries, but, yeah, had he hit one of them head-on, uh, they easily could have been killed. And they had legal reason to fire on him. While they settled, why Pascal Tank settled, I would have no idea. Not unless they just wanted it to go away. That's an expensive uh, amount to make it go away. Uh. It, it, it is. And I, as a former police chief, I would have never agreed to settle under the circumstances. You have the district attorney says that no law was violated that they were within their justified right. Right. And that's all it would have took for me. Yeah. The body cams showed multiple deputies warning him to show his hands. As a matter of fact, if you listen to all of the videos, you even hear a deputy telling him to cut, turn the vehicle off. Right. And he still puts it in reverse and then drive. Yeah. Yeah. No, everything you're saying, I remember in the videos. I didn't watch the videos today, but I watched them numerous times when this first came out a year ago. And yeah, as as you as you recite this, I, I'm I'm remembering that from uh, when I saw the videos. And, and and you're right. I mean, it is a deadly weapon. But I just, for the life of me, trying to figure out. I mean, is it, you know, in this woke culture in which we live, all you got to do is cry racism. And, uh, you know, we'll throw, we'll throw in the towel in. and uh, hand out a $3 million payout. Well, I, that, that's just it. You just said it right. The woke culture. Just like uh, early, uh, earlier this week you were doing talking about the Texas thing. Right. Neither I nor my three sons would have stood outside of the school building while a guy stood in there for 75 minutes killing kids. Yeah. We wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Yeah. North Carolina teaches you otherwise. You go on in there even if you're the only one. Yeah. I don't understand the woke culture, culture thing. Yeah. Well. But here's the one point I want to make clear to you and everyone else. When you dial 911, you expect a police officer to be there. Indeed. Am I correct? Absolutely. You, you expect the first responder, whether it's law enforcement, fire, or rescue, when you dial 911, you expect someone to show up and do something. Exactly. However, when it's the, the, the cards are flipped over, so to speak, then you want to disagree with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't thing. have it both ways. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So, Larry, thank you so much for A, for calling in, and B, for the service that you and uh, your sons have uh, given to Eastern North Carolina in law enforcement. Do appreciate it. Kudos to you. You're welcome. It's our pleasure. Trust me on that one. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate the call. Thanks for what you've done and continue to do in your family. Um, speaking of what Larry just brought up, the Daily Caller was reporting earlier this week Seattle's efforts to defund its police department and transfer its duties to other city agencies resulted in $5 million worth of wrongful parking tickets and other administrative dysfunction, according to the Seattle Times. Seattle is refunding roughly $100,000 
100,000, not dollars, 100,000 parking tickets worth approximately $5 million after transferring parking enforcement duties from police to civilian parking enforcement officers in the fall of 2021, finding that civilian officers lack the legal authority to write the tickets, according to the Seattle Times. <laughs> Liberals never think anything through, do they? Never. Parking officers also conducted more than 10,000 car tows and impounded 1,700 cars without proper authority during this period. So it's going to be interesting now to find out whether or not these people can actually turn around and sue these people that impounded their cars illegally, I mean, for, for the inconvenience of it. What's going to happen here is that we're going to get sued. I can guarantee it, said Chuck Labradu, president of Lincoln Towing, who has the sole contract for the city-initiated towing, according to the Seattle Times, and I'm going to forward every one of those lawsuits over to the city, he said. The decision to remove this responsibility from police was a part of the push in 2020 to reduce police funding and have civilians take on jobs typically handled by police, according to the Seattle Times. The city council cut the police budget by 17% in 2020, so far short of its 50% goal of cutting the police department. The uh, cost of the city mistake may not be limited to $5 million in refunded tickets. People will likely contest the tows and impounds authorized by the non-police parking authority. Can't make it up. Liberals never think beyond the end of their nose. we got to take another time out. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. Post, the liberal Washington Post, one of his columnists, Matt Bay, is writing that uh, get ready Democrats for a monumental loss during the upcoming midterms. Monumental. You're going to get shellacked. You're going to lose the House and the Senate is basically what he said. If you're a Democrat looking for a reason to be hopeful about your electoral prospects, then I've got one of those classic good news, bad news scenarios for you. The bad news is your party is heading for a world of hurt in November. Every poll can't be wrong. By the way, there was another article out saying this would be the worst shellacking for Democrats since 1938. Uh, The author then explained that such a scenario might be a good thing for Democrats. He goes on to say the good news is that getting blown out in 2022 may well be the only path you have to holding the White House in 2024. Essentially, for Bay, the Republican Party, he says, that regains power in Congress 
will look so crazy that all Biden would have to do is campaign as a moderate and coast back into the White House. Now, <laughs> that's assuming that Joe can ascertain which end is up, which is sort of a long shot with this guy. Quote, but everything we know about modern politics suggests that the best way, maybe the only way for a Democrat to, um, to be reelected is to also be the last guy standing between the broad American electorate and the whole lot of Republican crazy, he wrote. So, I mean, stop and think about this. So, um, the transgender issue, uh, basically destroying women's sports, uh, the fact that the Republicans want to have biological males play with biological males and females with females, uh, securing our border, drilling and becoming energy independent, getting inflation under control, funding the police, not letting hardened criminals get out with no bond requirements. Um, that's what this guy considers crazy, apparently. I'll take my chances on the Republican crazy over the uh, Democrat crazy. Just saying. The columnist cited historic examples of Clinton winning re-election after the GOP won both chambers in 1994 because he, quote, moderated his message and stared down the new Republican majority over its shutdown of the federal government. Now, remember, uh, Bill Clinton's problems was not a, an economy. Bill Clinton had a good economy. I mean, he inherited the, 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 the country was still coasting very well on eight years of Ronald Reagan and four years of George Bush, primarily from Ronald Reagan's years in the White House. Bill Clinton had a good economy. Joe Biden's economy stinks. Uh, Bill, Bill Clinton's issues had to do with more with moral issues. And, and uh, granted, he tried to push the country left, hard left. But uh, he realized quickly that uh, he was not going to win with that. But he didn't have an economy that sucked. Joe Biden does. He goes on to say the party in charge has spent an inordinate amount of time talking about police reform and college loan forgiveness, while the rest of the country worries far more about rising crime and the price of gasoline and groceries. So he's acknowledging that right now the crazies in the Democrat Party are making things bad for Americans. He goes on to say if the Democrats lose the majority, Bay argued, then Biden will be free to pursue any kind of mainstream liberal agenda his landmark infrastructure being a good example that the voters thought they were getting in the first place. And, of course, if you go back and look at the infrastructure bill and you read the fine details, a lot of it's not about infrastructure. It's about the new Green Deal. Bay insisted that the GOP will make the country look so bleak that Biden will look like Abraham Lincoln by comparison. Listen, the, you can say a lot of things about Donald Trump. But it doesn't fly that MAGA and Trump made America look weak or bleak. Now, if Biden wants to see weak or bleak, all he's got to do is look in the mirror. But I, listen, I mean, there are a lot of people that have buyer's remorse for voting for Joe Biden. And Donald Trump looks really, really good 
<laughs> compared to what we got with Joe. We got to take another time out. Stay with us. I'll be right back. Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Finally, somebody over at CNN apparently gets it. Uh, I don't know why it's taken them decades to figure this out. According to three CNN sources, they're telling Axios that the network's new boss, Chris Licht, is evaluating the channel's talent to gauge their ability to do news rather than the partisan hackery CNN hosts have become infamous for that has uh, tanked their ratings. If talent cannot adjust to the less partisan tone and strategy, they should be ousted, the scoop reports. Apparently, Licht wants to give personalities that may appear to be polarizing a chance to prove they're willing to uphold the network, the network's values so they don't tarnish CNN's journalism brand although CNN's journalism has not exactly been uh, sterling, to put things kindly. For on-air talent, that includes engaging in respectful interviews that don't feel like PR stunts. Um, Boy, I I, I don't know that that's possible. I, I, you know, the, the people on CNN are so partisan, I don't know that it's possible. And quite frankly, the the viewers that have the few viewers that are over there they know how partisan they are i i don't know if they can get that image out of their minds um by the way speaking of uh, television and liberals the democrats uh, this is unbelievable the, the, now the, the january 6th committee is a committee that has no authority it was not constituted in a legal fashion nancy pelosi didn't allow Uh, Kevin McCarthy's choices of the Republicans he wanted on the committee. She said no. She handpicked two liberals that uh, are are just so far gone. The whole committee is so far gone. Now they have decided that they're going to hire. First of all, they're going to have a hearing on primetime, which Fox News said, no, we're not going to air it. But uh, and and uh, uh, Rob Reiner, liberal Rob Reiner, said Fox won't televise the hearings of the greatest crime in presidential here uh, in presidential history. Our democracy is hanging by a thread. Our democracy is hanging by a thread if we don't allow the January 6th committee to do its duty to make sure Donald Trump never has a chance to run for the presidency again. So they have actually gone out and hired a guy that was with ABC News. The guy's name is uh, Goldstein, Goldston, I should say. Uh, James Goldston was with ABC News. Now, what is Goldston famous for, or infamous for, I should say? He was the guy at ABC News when a uh, news anchor by the name of Amy Robach had an interview a, a series of interviews, including an interview with Virginia Guffrey, who was a victim of Jeffrey Goldstein, and uh, I'm sorry, Jeffrey Epstein. 
and and all the sexual shenanigans that were going on there. She had an in-depth interview, and and basically in this interview, they pointed out people like Alan Dershowitz, Bill Clinton, um, uh, Epstein's uh, girlfriend, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Prince Andrew. This guy, James Goldston, wouldn't let it air. He forbidden to let it air. And now the Democrats have hired him because they think this guy's going to put on a production. And he says, oh, this will be a production that will catch the imagination of journalists and people who haven't had any real interest in what the January 6th committee is doing. Uh, look, the January 6th committee has had all kinds of opportunities by all the networks as they have carried the water for Nancy Pelosi and this committee. Now this guy, and they're upset with Fox News for not running their propaganda. I mean, you talk about having, and, and listen, by the way, they admit, the Democrats admit they want this event on Thursday night to come off to, to because they realize they're, they're, they are hopeless for the midterms. I mean, they've actually come out and admitted that they need this to be a great production to show how horrible the Republicans are, how wonderful the January 6th committee is, that they're doing the work of the people. <laughs> so they're basically using the mainstream media, taxpayer-funded resources, because the, Jan the taxpayers are paying for this January 6th committee, to have a uh, political theater. You can't make it up. It'll backfire on them. It always does. I mean, again, these people are so short-sighted. Um, we'll see where it goes. I, I think it'll, it'll go basically nowhere. Uh, a lot of information about abortion out, and uh, as we get closer to the Supreme Court releasing their decision in the Dobbs case, uh, one of the interesting things that has come out out of the Daily Caller, liberal prosecutors in De Democrat liberal states have come out and pledged not to enforce abortion bans that could be enacted in the likely event that the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. Well, it's up to your state. Roe v. Wade, if it's overturned, will simply send it back to the states. If you're in a liberal state and you want to continue to have abortion, that's up to you. But again, Roe v. Wade is so misinterpreted, it is not outlawing abortion. It is sending it back to make the states decide for themselves. It's where it should be. Hey, thanks for being with us today. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody.